Uh-huh. I just feel like I've been around the block, ripping up fantasy stock, working around the clock. Look at the view from the top. Researching rookies a lot? No, I just be listening to pods. Yeah, one in particular. I'm just a messenger. Let me just pass on the rock. Browning, brunning, bruning, pronouncing ain't what he's doing. What he's doing is not losing, but infusing you with new things. And there's Dennis the Bennett. Yeah, the man is a menace. Yeah, building a dynasty. Some of the finest things. Promise you, you won't regret it. Slice a fox, culture didn't pop, give him his props. Here is a thought, here is a box, and you cannot compare him at all, so don't even try. Careful with the news, but when you use a take, I take up Tony Fire, I mean dire, because anyone else is a huge mistake. Whoa, fantasy round table, fantasy, fantasy round table, yeah, fantasy round table, come take a look at the crown, baby. Hey, fantasy round table, fantasy, fantasy round table, fantasy round table, come take a look at the crown, baby. Go. What is going on, everybody? Hopefully, you have survived your semifinal matchup and are on to your fantasy championships. If not, and you're waiting for the game tonight, we will be rooting for you. Uh, today, we've got Matt with us. We're going to go over the Saturday games and as many as the Sunday games as we can get to. We both got some things going on here. So whatever games we don't get to today, we will finish and wrap up tomorrow along with the Monday Night Football game between the Cincinnati Bengals and the Pittsburgh Steelers. Matt, how was your weekend and how are you doing today? Doing pretty good. You know, another NFL weekend uh, in the books. I think the semifinal round is not my round for fantasy playoffs. Uh, I feel like there was a lot of slaughters, uh, probably for some of the same people uh, that we'll talk about today. Some guys that have been killing it all year long just uh, took a week off. Yeah, it always sucks when that happens in the kind of one-and-done format. Uh, I was in... 13 this week and it looks like i'm gonna make it in one uh i mean the the only other one i really have a shot in is uh, i need juju to score less than four points which i'm not quite optimistic about so i kind of feel like uh i've only got one sewn up i big ben's got to go for 50 tonight for me to lose that one i don't think that's gonna happen i feel a little bit more comfortable about that uh but the juju one i don't feel so quite good about at all well, so i'm apparently uh going all in on you i've tied my fantasy fortune to Deontay Johnson a little bit tonight. I'm in in three, but there's a couple I could go if Deontay Johnson remembers what it is like to catch a football. As long as, as long as he plays like Deontay Johnson tonight, not Deontay Dropson, right? That, that's, that's what you need tonight. Yeah. All right. So starting off with those Saturday games, uh, Buffalo versus Denver, they win 48 to 19, Josh Allen, 37 points, Singletary, 17, Stephon Diggs, 25, Cole Beasley, 19 and Knox, 11. Buffalo secures the AFC East, uh, really can't do much else, right? They can move up to the two seed. Yeah. So if they end up tied record wise with Pittsburgh because they beat them head to head, they can move into the two seeds. So, you know, I think it's probably just finishing the year strong. It's a pretty momentous achievement. 11 years in a row, the Patriots had won. I think it's been even longer. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's, uh, well, it's 11 years in a row that the Patriots have actually won the AFC East. I think. it's almost 20. I think it's like 19 of the last 20. And then Deontay. You can continue. We'll, we'll uh, answer it in a minute, but go ahead. I'm, I'm looking up how I how <laughs> I have my guys ranked here really quick, and I can give you an answer of what I think. That's going to be tough. Yeah. Um, 
Yeah, I mean, I just think it was impressive. Josh Allen has continued to look good. I was interested, too. I don't know if you caught the broadcast where they were talking about how he made a commitment last offseason to change his throwing motion and his stance working with the quarterback coach. And we've seen him go from, like, 58% completion percentage to almost 70% this year. And kind of a testament to that was one of the the – concerns and weaknesses coming out, you know, was his accuracy. And he's really taken that to heart. And I think that kind of just shows what a tremendous prospect he's become. Yeah. I mean, he, he's been phenomenal. He's really turned around. I think it helps too in them adding a guy like Cole Beasley, who's been phenomenal for him and Stefan Diggs, who's been great for him as well. So the question we got here is I have big Ben and Deontay Johnson. He has the Pittsburgh D I'm down 32.2 points. Who do you think wins? So going off my projections, I actually have Big Ben and Deontay scoring 34. Uh, and I, I tried to project low. So the problem with that is I don't know how your defense scores. I'd imagine if it's points for turnovers, sacks, you're probably looking at the Pittsburgh defense, I would say, putting up 12 to 14. So you're going to have to get – Deontay's going to have to get you like 10 catches, 120 yards, and a touchdown, maybe two. And then I think you win. If, if as long as somebody else has a big game, the one thing I think works in your favor having Big Ben is uh, the running game has done absolutely nothing for Pittsburgh. So they might just be throwing it all over the place. And so even if Claypool and and maybe even James Washington has himself has themselves a day along with Deontay Johnson, you could win. Uh, but it's going to be close. You're probably going to have to watch the whole game and hope that. Your biggest thing, I think, is you're going to have to hope Cincinnati puts up a fight. You, you need Cincinnati to score. With Ryan Finley. Yeah, 10 to 17 points, which I don't know if that's going to be possible. But it's – I mean, if, if I had to put a cap on it, I'd say I'd give you like a 30% chance of winning right now. Because I just – that Pittsburgh D, it's why I hate team defenses, as, as Matt knows, because I went off about team defenses in our, our group chat a couple weeks ago. It's why I hate team defenses, because I just don't think there's much strategy in that. But, yeah, I'm with I – mean, the good thing with Buffalo, like we just mentioned as well, is they're still technically competing for that two-seed with Pittsburgh, so they'll likely – play their guys the entire game next weekend too because we're going to get into that territory where again I think both of us are in agreement you should not play week 17 but week 16 you know do do players go out there and play full games right now with guys trying to get healthy especially Pittsburgh Pittsburgh's guys are beat up as we were just mentioning right there I don't think Buffalo has many guys that are beat up though so maybe well maybe dig, dig. There, but Diggs did exit early with an injury, so that's going to be something to watch too because that that would be a massive blow both to fantasy yeah. owners and to the Bills. Yeah, absolutely. On Denver's side, Locke 10 points, Gordon 24, and Noah Fant 20. Uh, are there any Broncos that you feel comfortable playing next week in your championship game? They're playing the Chargers, so it's not the worst defensive matchup, but I think we've talked about it. It feels like no matter what they do, the Broncos only can really carry one really good receiving performance. And sometimes it's been Vance. Sometimes it's been Patrick. Last week it was Hamler. One of the weeks it was Judy. I think that means you're playing <coughs> receiver roulette because I, I was almost to the point where I was figuring that Fant was going to be more of a low-end tight end too, and then he comes out and yeah. dominates that game. Gordon is probably the one I feel the best about, and that makes me sad on so many levels. Yeah, I would feel fine playing Gordon, and I actually think fans again next week. The Chargers have given up a lot of points to tight ends here of late, so that would kind of be, I think, 
the matchup that they can exploit. Uh, but all in all, I mean, do, have you have you seen enough out of Locke? What 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 do you think? Uh, this is going to be more of a bigger picture discussion when we get to the <laughs> I really think the next two weeks for me, Chargers Raiders. How is it going to end? Because I didn't think. They lost the game by a lot, but their defense is beat to crap and gave up a lot of points. That sack fumble that turns into a touchdown is tough, but Locke got hit really hard. It was a good defense. He didn't throw any interceptions. He's been interception-free for a couple of weeks. You could argue they're not making a lot of big plays, but I think that they have a lot of issues. So he, I don't think he took the steps forward I was hoping this season, but I don't know if he completely regressed himself out of the, being in the plans. Fair enough. Packers-Panthers was the uh, Saturday night game. Packers win this one 24-16. Mike Davis, 8 points. DJ Moore, 19. Robbie Anderson, 4. Tough game for the Panthers. Uh, I'm, it looks like CMC is likely going to be out again. So you're are you trusting Mike Davis now moving forward? I mean, he's been for the most part good, but we've seen a couple of duds. Uh, and it seemed to be like back-to-back duds, and then they kind of go overward. I think you just kind of got to write it off Saturday night. Felt like a uh, 24% chance to win. That's probably pretty accurate. Yeah. Um, I think I said 30. So, yeah, I, mean, we're, we're, I feel like it's pretty close. I feel like that entire Saturday night game was a dud, honestly. Aside from Aaron Jones, you know, you had, if you had big players going both sides, you know, I had a lot of, uh, I knew I was basically going to get knocked out of a few semifinals because I had Mike Davis and, Robbie Anderson and Devonte Adams going and you just didn't, I mean, it was a fine game from a competitive standpoint, but that was a brutal game on both sides for fantasy. I think Davis is still a play because you know, he's going to get a lion's share of the work when, when they're out and you just have to hope better times. Yeah, I mean, we'll we'll talk about the Packers side, but that side's really screwed me in in um in one league. Uh, yeah, I think DJ Moore too. I mean, he's clearly come on at, right after we started anointing Robbie Anderson as the number one. All of a sudden, here comes DJ Moore, and he he's been phenomenal since then. Uh, so I, I feel good starting both of those guys. Um, and it'll be interesting to see what happens. I, I've been paying attention to a lot of draft stuff right now, as that's kind of what I'm ramping up for with with Dynasty nerds and. A lot of talk about the Panthers taking a quarterback. It'll be interesting. They paid yeah, I mean, a lot of money in the offseason. They also just fired their GM, so obviously yeah. they're looking to make some kind of a change. They said philosophical differences. He might have been the guy that said, hey, we just gave guaranteed money. Now, like, nope. Yeah. I mean, we yeah. saw it happen with Kingsbury with draft capital, you know. Sometimes these guys want to be able to get their guy. Maybe Teddy really wasn't yeah. that rules guy and the whole – point of bringing Matt Rule in and giving that long of a contract was to change a culture and build an organization. And if if the guy that you've entrusted to do that tells you I need to do it another way, then well, that's going to be the interesting thing because very not often do we see GMs get fired that brought in head coaches that the head coach mm-hmm. last as well. So they gave Rule the long contract as well. I'll, I would assume they're not just going to go out there and fire him, but. I always think it's kind of hard to make that marriage work because you have to find a GM that wants Matt Rule to be the coach now. I think that may limit your 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 pool of elective can- or selected candidates or whatever. I, I, I'm going to be very interested to see what happens with Carolina moving forward. Well, I mean, but don't you think the only thing has got to be that it was a you know when they say philosophical differences as they seek to to restart you know 
he said there need their owner said there need to be a certain alignment between the head coach and the GM, and we don't have that. So doesn't that sort of imply that we have made our decision and the coach is the coach? Yeah, yeah, but I I, I don't know. I just don't know. I, mean, I know what you're saying, but it just it feels like either that or you know are they going to go GM free? Yeah, that's probably what you're going to need to happen. And I honestly think at least one, if not two of those, has got to go to Deontay. I think the biggest thing is you need you need Cincinnati to be good in this game. If if, if Cincinnati yeah. puts up points, that's going to help you. Even if it's just 10-17 and Finley doesn't throw four interceptions, you'll, you'll be all right. I think that's the biggest thing is the 32 points is not the hard part. The 32 points I think you easily can get from Big Ben and Deontay. It's the – what else does Pittsburgh? What else does Pittsburgh's defense do uh, to get points against you right now? Because you're think you're looking at really, you're down 32 right now. Most regular fantasy defenses get automatic 10 points as soon as the game starts. So then you're actually down now 42.2 points. And then how much do they add on or lose from that? So yeah, yeah like I said I think it's it's gonna be it's gonna be tight. I think like I, I said, yeah, about 34, 30 percent chance of winning. The other concern is Pittsburgh gets up you know, 20, 24 points early, and they do what Dennis was worried about, which is just roll out Benny Snell and, and yeah. grind the clock and just try to get the F out of there because all they want to do is make a statement in the first half and win. Yeah. On the Packers' side, Rodgers, 18 points, Aaron Jones, 24, Devontae Adams, 11, and Robert Tanyan, 10. Big game for Jones. Of course, Adams loses his touchdown streak in the week that I need him the most. I have so many shares of Devontae Adams and Aaron Rodgers paired together, uh, and they just kind of fall flat. The one week, I mean, the one week I needed him. Uh, it, it's, it's fantasy football for you, I guess. It, it is what it is. Aaron Jones, it makes a little bit of sense, though. I mean, the Panthers are definitely easier to beat on the ground than they are through the air, and we saw that take hold in this game. Aaron Jones had himself a huge game. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, I feel your pain. There's a league where I'm 13 and one, the one seed. And, you know, I had Adams and Cooper as my wide receivers and Mike Davis and Alvin Kamara at running back. And I'm probably going to lose by 10 points, you know, even with Kelsey and Tannehill in my lineup because. You know, Adams had seemed like he had been good for 24 points a game minimum and then going up higher. And, it, you know, the Packers won. They did what they needed to do. It was good from a football standpoint. It's just a bummer for us. Yeah. I mean, I know it's asking a lot, but you got to hope. I mean, hey, it's not impossible. Pittsburgh has not been playing well the past couple of weeks. So it's just unfortunate that Cincinnati's rolling out like their third string quarterback. I don't know if you've seen Ryan Finley. I would say it is. You know, I have. Impossible. But, you know, maybe, maybe you know, Joe Hayden falls down and Ryan Actually, Finley's able to throw like a 60-yard bomb to T. Higgins. And, the you know, worst thing off. could happen uh, for needing that particular outcome is what happened to Pittsburgh the last two weeks because now you have like an angry team that needs to win that wants to show – make a statement going against Ryan Finley as opposed to a team that was maybe cruising on its own hype. Yeah. Uh, let's see. So moving into the Sunday games, Tampa Bay beats Atlanta 31 to 27. Tom Brady comes down uh, from behind 17 points. Just the Falcons cannot put Tom Brady away. Uh, Brady anyone away. Oh, that's true. 
Uh, Brady, 23 points, Fournette, 21. Evan, 17. Godwin, 13. And, of course, Antonio Brown gets his first touchdown since week three, I think, of last year with the Patriots, right before he got uh, suspended or cut or whatever it was. Week two. Okay, yeah, it may have been. I know it was early on. Uh, But 20 points for A.B., how confident are you now with the Buccaneers? I mean, they they needed a bounce-back game big time. They got it here. Did not look good early, but they definitely turned it around in that second half. I mean, I think in terms of them being a good NFL team and going strong into the playoffs, I feel pretty good, and they have a, they have a weak schedule. If you're a fantasy person trying to figure out who of these guys you feel confident starting in a championship game, I don't feel good at all because you saw them pretty evenly spread the ball around. All of them had fine days, and you know what happens if Ronald Jones is back in the picture? If they don't make Fournette a healthy scratch, I think they could be back to splitting carries, splitting reps, and then you, you're talking about that. We didn't even mention Gronkowski. There's always the danger of a Scotty Miller. I think we really got to temper expectations all around. I was pushing my chips in with God when I was excited. He at least got a touchdown. Doesn't do well. Evans caught the ball all up and down the field, but they seemed to forget about him in the red zone, which had been the opposite of all season. And then, you know, Brown gets his his TD. They gave a couple touchdowns to Fournette when they got close. They're a great team. They have a lot of pieces, and that's going to be a problem if you're trying to get one to go big. Yep. Uh, like I said, Friday, and I hate to admit this, I think the only the one I feel the most comfortable with is Evans. They just they seem to, whether it's like last night, uh, last week, last night, yesterday, uh, using him up and down the field or in the red zone, he seems to get his one way or another by hook or by crook. He's getting points, so he's the only one I feel actually like comfortable starting. Outside of him, I'm with you. It's it's too many weapons. I'll be curious to see um, what they do, and if you know, I don't think they're going to do much in the playoffs. But I do think that they they for the most part feel pretty good starting. Well, you know what? They're on the cusp now because uh, the Rams apparently got lobotomized last week. Uh, the Bucks are on the cusp of actually moving up into the fifth seed, which would be an excellent chance to play the NFC East champion in the first round of the playoffs. Nah, that's still, I still wouldn't guarantee that as a win. But, uh, yeah, I would bet that was probably back in week three or four when Deion – there was two weeks where Deontay got hurt, and that was probably the same week that Dak got hurt as well, and Amari kind of fell flat. Um, so probably week four. So I think – no, it would have been later than that, six, because I think they played the Cowboys. The Browns played the Cowboys in week four. So it would have been week five. So it was the week after they played the Browns. So I bet you it was week six if that happened. Because that first week uh, – Dalton was not great. Dalton was not great at all. We saw Deontay get knocked out uh, early in a couple of those games. On Atlanta's side here, Matt Ryan, 27 points. Calvin Ridley, 32. Russell Gage, 17. Hayden Hurst, 12. Uh, Atlanta's passing game comes in big time. Probably all those guys on your bench, at least Matt Ryan, who I don't think any of us yeah. to be good and came out, I believe, like six for six for 100-plus yards and a touchdown was just amazing. Hey, I had finally taken Ryan out because I got tired of the inconsistency in one league and then to see him go off. Ridley, you were probably still playing, just hoping, yeah. and he delivers huge. But, you know, Hayden Hurst, who we haven't seen do anything, catches. When I saw he caught a touchdown, you were the first person I thought of. Oh, Hayden Hurst, how I love the uh, – yeah, that dude. Uh, uh, you know, it's – I can't even be mad. It is what it is. I just, uh, you know, I say I won't draft him ever again, but – you know, if he's there on the board and I need a good tight end. I mean, the bad thing is, is 
last week, had I made the playoffs in the main league that I drafted him in, uh, I would have made it to this round. I'd have got destroyed this week, so I guess I don't feel as bad about it. It's still a chance to place and get money in the third-place game, but the dude I would have been going up against put up 180, and my team put up 110. So there was no stat that I was coming back and winning that game. Yeah, I mean, I, I don't know if you can trust any of these guys outside of Ridley moving forward, at least in your fantasy playoffs, but it was good to see him bounce back. Uh, you know, Ryan, a guy that we kind of been writing off and left for dead the past couple of weeks, it would be nice to see him play – well, from an NFL standpoint, I still don't know if it was great because it seemed like he kind of fell apart there at the end of the second half. But from a fantasy standpoint, at least you got. I, I mean, I'd like to see what he's got these last couple of weeks because uh, they've got they've got a massive amount of money tied to him, so he's not going anywhere. So it's it's going to be interesting to see what they do with this Atlanta team. Here in the offseason, the Cowboys, one of the upsets of the week, at least in my opinion, I did not expect them to win. I know you guys made fun of me for picking Dallas. I know we did. Yes, you're right. 41 to 33 over the 49ers. Uh, Jeff Wilson, 12 points, and Brandon Ayuk, who continues to be an absolute stud, 22 points in this one. Ayuk, I think, is going to be the biggest riser from drafts this year, going from a dude who is undrafted into a guy who I think might be like a third or fourth round target in drafts next year. I mean, he looks phenomenal. Uh, what were your thoughts on him and his impressive performance and uh, any more clarity with the San Francisco backfield? They, they feel like they added four more guys and six of them got injured. So, Yeah, I mean, so for Ayuk, I think the most impressive thing is he's been doing this with C.J. Beathard and Nick Mullins and mostly with no Debo Samuel. So when you talk about having a better option and no Kittle, you know, so he's been like their only receiver and he's still dominating like this. That has to make you feel good. I, I mean, I don't know how you feel, but I think he, he's got to be in the top 25 dynasty consideration too yeah. uh, for what he's doing at the position, even with some good rookies that are coming out. Backfield, you know, Mostert was a guy we talked about prior to the season. They gave him that new contract extension. You thought that that would be an indication, but it feels like – you know, I don't know if it's just health or rhythm. Wilson seems to be coming up. I think Tevin Coleman's contract expires. I would expect him to be gone. Feels like Jarek McKinnon has really faded out. Uh, probably be gone. You know, Mostert, I'm sure they would probably keep because of the reworking of the contract and the extension. You know, that was kind of a financial commitment. But Wilson is a guy I'm interested in. I, part of me thinks the 49ers are going to go get some kind of running back in the offseason. I, I wouldn't be surprised if San Francisco looks at making a move at quarterback, too. Well, hey, someone criticized me for saying that last year, that they would move on from him when they had the chance because this is the year that they're, they're that does not hit his cap money. I, I, yeah. Well, I mean, last year I thought he, he looked okay, and their team went to the Super Bowl, but I think you've really seen it. And Nick Mullins, we've gotten a long look now. He is a fine career backup. Yeah, I, I like I said, I, I said that uh, no, not knowing, but just with the way he played throughout that Super Bowl run, we, we could all tell it was not because of him. It was that defense and running game that was getting there. And I figure with the weapons they have, it would be smarter to move on from him and bring in a quarterback that is viable. The one thing I like about Ayuk, and again, you, you were on the show with me. We jumped on the Debbie debate. Not debate I'm sorry, that's my other podcast. Debbie Delight. Delight with Ricky and Stoops. And we talked about our rookie of the year. And Ayuk was my pick because of him being in this system. And 
it's crazy because of what you just said. You're right. He's been phenomenal without Kittle, without Debo. But even the game that Debo came back and was healthy for the full game, Ayuk still put up 20 points. Now, Debo, I think, put up 30 in that game. He had a great game as well. But Ayuk was still producing. And if you just go by a points-per-game basis, Ayuk is sitting as a top-12 wide receiver right now in fantasy. And, and that was a guy who was not starting at all earlier in the season. So, yeah, he's – the, in my opinion, is going to be the biggest riser. And when we do a recap show here, probably at the end of week 17 or something like that, I think he's going to be the guy who, in my opinion, fantasy rookie-wise, is going to be the rookie MVP or, or the rookie of the year fantasy for me. Because I don't think anybody else really comes to mind for me at, at the rookie position. Burrow got hurt. I mean, yeah, Herbert's been fantastic. But quarterbacks, I feel like dime a dozen. It's it's those uh, those guys like Ayuk that you can find who is like a third round rookie pick, and now is is going to be a, a top receiver for you. Moving forward. I think uh, James Robinson wants to say hello. Uh, Robinson's a good one too. I'll give you. I'll give you that. Hey, he probably was undrafted. Yeah, he. Oh, yeah, he was definitely undrafted. You got him off your waiver wires. Okay, so I'm in a championship week in one league. Start two: Marvin Jones, Tyler Lockett, McLaurin, or Brandon Cooks. I mean. It is really early to try and pick two guys right now, but if I had to lean to, I'd probably go Jones and McLaurin. No, I think it's too early to to guess because we need to know the health of both quarterbacks because Stafford got beat up again yesterday. He was on the fence about playing, and I don't know what Washington's quarterback situation is going to be either. I think, well, I don't know. I know they it sounded like when they first announced Smith was going to be out that he was hopefully only going to miss one game. So we'll see. Hopefully he comes back there. They need him if they want to continue to make that run here. So on Dallas's side, uh, Zeke got ruled out in this one. Tony Pollard comes in, puts up 31 points. Edie Lamb, 19. Michael Gallup, 11. And Mari Cooper, just two. Uh, as a Zeke owner, how do you feel about Pollard's big day? And do you think that Zeke will play again in 2020? I think if the Cowboys are smart, they just make a decision that for Zeke's health, he needs to sit out the rest of the season because either A, he's incredibly fallen off, or B, this lingering injury has made him look old and slow. Either way, they got a huge pop, I thought, from Pollard yesterday. looked a lot better and a lot more dynamic on offense, and I would think they got to be curious to see what he can provide to them. Yeah, if I'm the Cowboys, I'm just sitting Zeke. There's no reason to have him out there. I know, like we talked about uh, Friday, he he had that uh, streak going where he's never missed a game outside of the suspension, never missed a game for injury. I'm sure he probably didn't want that to break. But at this point, I do think as a running back, a calf strain has got to bother you some. And, and something I don't think enough people are talking about. And I know it happened very early on in the offseason, but I am curious as well to know if maybe COVID is still bothering Zeke a little bit. You know, I, I was listening to an interview by Miles Garrett yesterday uh, before the Browns game talking about how he's still having trouble breathing. He has to go through multiple breathing treatments during games because of how bad COVID messed him up. And he's, he, he has gone on record talking about how serious it affected him. And I understand that he had it more recently than Zeke, but Everybody struggles with it differently. He had it right during their training camps and everything. So I hate to, I don't want to give excuses for him, but I wonder if maybe he was just never able to get in great shape. I mean, he did look good early on. So I I just, I don't know. I mean, they still don't know a ton about the long-term effects and the long-term effects of 
affected other, you know, different people differently. They've shown some people have had long-term lung capacity diminishments. So that's, that's certainly a factor, whatever it is. We've noticed for more than half a season now, it looks like he's struggling or he's off. And it was even more pronounced how, how much that's occurring when you saw him out yesterday and saw what Pollard was looking like in a similar situation. I, it's, you know, you're at the point in the season, Dallas doesn't have a ton to play for. Uh, they have an outside chance at winning their division again. Yeah, I know. Yeah. But, I mean, you know, shut them down. But, let Pollard go to work and see what the chips fall where they may. Yeah. And, and what's going to be interesting again, is, this is going to be another big off season topic for us. I know me and Dennis both said to try and sell him before this season. And I didn't do that enough. That's or I know Dennis did. Um, I don't know. I don't think Zeke is as bad as he's shown. He's only 25 years old. The other thing is I was doing a lot of work on this uh, no gain slash losses runs for uh, running backs in college and how it translates to coming into the NFL. I forgot the workload Zeke had in college. He's got a lot of carries on that body. And last year in college, almost 400 carries, and you come into the NFL, and we, get, we can't forget that the Cowboys were handing that ball to him a lot in those first couple years. That team was built around him and running that ball. So – Maybe he's a little bit more down, worn down than we thought just due to the workload he had in college and, and the NFL. But I don't think Zeke is as bad as he's shown. I still think he's a he's a, a great NFL back and a great fantasy back. I just think it's been, unfortunately, one of those years for him. Uh, next up, the Titans beat the Lions here 46-25. Stafford, 15 points. DeAndre Swift, 22. Marvin Jones, 27. And TJ Hawkinson, one point. Bad week for Hawkinson. Kind of one of the guys you were talking about, I think, when we mentioned the beginning. A guy you've tried <laughs> long. Come I played him over Mark Andrews in a semifinal game. But I mean, the, I would say you can't. The revisionist history—you can't. You can't go back and look at it. Hawkinson has been. We you know. We I mentioned it last week. I think he's moved himself into that top tier with Andrews yeah. and Kittle with the way he's played this year. It was just one of those games, and unfortunately, it came at the worst time for us in the fan. It was just surprising. I don't know. If, you know, maybe uh, maybe Tennessee was scheming to try to take him him out, but it seemed like he had been the most consistent of the pass catchers. In fact, we were all talking about fading Marvin Jones and Jones has a huge day like, you know, 2018 Marvin Jones and Hawkinson, you know, I, th- I think he was the third highest scoring tight end for Detroit. Yeah. It was just, uh, it's just one of those weeks. It's, it's tough. It is, oh, it is tough. I mean, it was, uh, yeah, there's just nothing else to say except it just sucks. On Tennessee's side, Tannehill, 37, Derrick Henry, 25, Corey Davis, 21, A.J. Brown, 15, Jonu Smith, 8 points. He had, a, he had himself a nice little bounce back day. Too bad I wasn't in any champions. Eight, eight points. Is, I mean, it's better than what he's given us for like the past four weeks, five weeks. So, hey, I'll take it. Uh, do you think Derrick Henry will get 2,000 yards this season? Yeah, that was some of the big talk. I know it's something that he wants to get. He's currently 321 yards short, and he got the Packers in Week 16 and then the Houston Texans in Week 17. So uh, he probably could get 321 yards against the Texans alone. So I think even with a moderate day, if he's within 150, um, you know, 170, I I think – and I think they're going to try to get him to it. The other great thing is – 
Tennessee is pushing for seeding, but also being pushed by Indianapolis. They are tied record-wise. Uh, Tennessee has the tiebreaker, but they need to keep winning to at least uh, be able to maintain that. So I think you're going to see him play hard. I think the team wants to get it. It's kind of a fun accomplishment, a badge of honor for offensive line and everything. So I, I think he will get there, and they are going to try to help him get there. Yeah, oh, I agree with you. I, the reason I said that he would get it as soon as you mentioned Packers and Texans is uh, – the Packers are horrible against the run as well. And as I they bottle up Mike Davis. Yeah, well, that's true. Well, Mike Davis, Derrick Henry. I'm going to go ahead and take Derrick Henry on that side. I'm not even his biggest supporter. But uh, it's more of the fact of what you just mentioned there. They can't lose a game because Indy, now Indy does have a tough matchup this week against Pittsburgh. So that could be huge if Indy ends up losing. But Tennessee's got to keep winning. And how they win is giving the ball to Derrick Henry. And I could easily see Derrick Henry getting 120, 130 this week against Green Bay. And then you go into Houston, who, I mean, God, I don't know if they can stop me running the ball. So he's he's going to have himself day. I do think that they would love to get him that accomplishment. Speaking of the Colts, who are tied with them right now, but sitting as the wildcard team, they beat the Texans 27-20. Deshaun Watson, 23 points in this one. David Johnson, 24. Kiki Kuti, 14 but with a huge fumble that likely cost them a chance to tie up this game. And then Brandon Cooks, 11 as well. Do you think David Johnson should be a part of the Texans' future? Obviously, Bill O'Brien was the one who traded for him. Uh, has had moments this year. He hasn't been horrible, you know, especially fantasy-wise. He's He's been decent. Yeah, I just don't feel like he looks great that all the time when he's out there. Yeah, I mean, he doesn't look like – the David Johnson that made him a household name, but I think he's been fairly solid when he's been healthy. And to me, they have a lot of issues and not, uh, not much in the way of draft capital and not a ton of uh, salary cap room. They have to make over their team. That is a spot where I might look and say, Hey, I'm, I'm good enough to compete next year. Uh, if the Texans could hold on to the ball against the Colts, they might've actually won one or both of these games. They had goal line fumbles right at the end as they were going to either tie or take a lead in both games. It's just amazing. Yeah. Uh, I'll be curious. I, we, I did a mock with um, Ray Garvin at, at Ray GQ on Twitter and his uh, podcast destination Debbie. And uh, I actually mocked a couple of running backs I think could go there. I, I mean, I and funny enough, Jamar Jefferson out of Oregon State, who I said is a little bit better version of David Johnson and Duke Johnson. So I thought that'd be the perfect fit for them since they just seem to love to have that kind of running back there. Um, but I would be curious to see if they draft one. I mean, there's a lot of running backs I think could fall. The bad news for Texans, I believe their first pick is not till the third round. So it's not like they're going to be able yeah. to get some of these high-end defensive guys that they want unless they trade up. I don't see how they do that, though. They really don't have a whole lot of capital. So well, if they keep David Johnson around, he's definitely worth keeping on your dynasty teams, at least for now, because we've seen he's been serviceable, at least when he's been healthy. He's, he's been a RB2 every single game he's played. And I don't think you can ask for much more than that, especially with the way he fell off last year. I don't think any of us expected him to be at least as consistent as he's been this year. 
in Indy, Jonathan <laughs> Taylor continues to just be, you know, phenomenal for everybody. If if you made your fantasy playoffs with him, 19 points. Zach Pascal screws all of my Michael Pittman shares this week with 24 points. And T.Y. Hilton, 11. Uh, the Colts barely survive again, get that fumble down at the goal. And Darius Leonard with a massive hit on uh, Kiki Kuti with, I believe, like 20 seconds left down on like the literally on the two yard line. He, he, he got it. Yeah, because he fumbled into the end zone. Yeah, so ends up allowing them to win. But, I mean, just – if you have T.Y. Hilton or Michael Pittman, how pissed were you seeing Zach Pascal go off in this game? Yeah, that's the thing. I think we're back to Taylor only because we've talked about Indianapolis can sustain one good pass catcher game. It felt like we had settled into a groove where we finally were confident that was going to be T.Y. Hilton and then Zach Pascal just, you know – if you if it would have been Pittman, I would have been like, oh well, you know, he went back, or even Trey Burton catching a couple touchdowns. Okay, well, they went back to the tight end, but it's it's a nightmare. Yeah, it it sucks if you start like again that league that I was uh, mentioning. It may have been off air on it. I don't remember. I'm, I need Juju to score less than four points tonight, and that was one I had Pittman and T Y Hilton going in another one, and obviously neither one comes through. It's just. Zach Pascal, I mean, come on, man. Zach Pascal. It seems like he has at least a couple of these teams every single year, though. And, of course, he just has to come in in the fantasy semifinals to screw you over. Dolphins beat the Patriots 22-12. Cam Newton, 12 points. Jacoby Myers, 16. What is the – are we just blowing it up with the Patriots? I mean, it's – it's you know, and speaking of the COVID thing, Cam Newton mentioned that as well, that he feels like it's been affecting him more than he realized with certain stuff. Now – I mean, I can't say that he's just saying that because he has not looked like the same guy since that we saw earlier in the year. But the Patriots, I mean, I don't, I don't know what you do here. I, and you know what? It definitely could be um, some of his issues in terms of not being a very good passer anymore. We're starting to show before he even left Carolina, so that's not really, you know, I don't know if COVID's the impact on that entirely. I don't think he's a right fit here. They tried something. I think we can safely say it was a one-year flyer, and I would expect the Patriots are going to do something else. I don't really know. I mean, wide receiver-wise, tight end-wise, running back-wise, you know, there's not a guy that I would say I feel is secure in their position uh, right now. We saw some flashes from Damian Harris uh, early on that seemed encouraging, but he hadn't been great of late, and then he got injured and went to the bench. James White has taken a huge fall off. Uh, I think the Patriots are going to have to do something different. And, you know, there's a possibility, as we've talked about, that if if Bill's not going to retire, then McDaniels actually moves on. Then do you, you know, do you kind of reboot your offensive philosophy? The Patriots need to do something radically different that has not worked out. Yeah, so a couple things just came across Twitter here. The mayor of Jacksonville is celebrating the Jets' win likely um, with the likely arrival now of Trevor Lawrence. I thought that was pretty funny. And uh, James Conner is out tonight. So uh, you got that. Yep. Yeah. Uh, now is expect to see a lot of Jalen Samuels and Anthony McFarlane. So that'll that'll be fun. On Miami side. Uh, that I don't know. I was trying to look really quick. I didn't see. It's just what a lot of people are tweeting. They're saying they expect a lot of Jalen Samuels and Anthony McFarlane. But I haven't seen anything on Snell, so I, I don't know. Okay. Maybe just because he wasn't great the past couple times he's filled in for him. But I, I hate Pittsburgh. I don't, I don't know. Hey, so do I. You know, maybe for different reasons, but yeah. Yeah. Probably. Miami. 
Tua, 18 points. Salvan Ahmed, 21. And Lynn Bowden, 10. Gasecki, Parker, and uh, Gaskin all out in this one. But Ahmed shines. What do you think happens when Gaskin comes back, if he comes back? Yeah, I mean that's a good question. We've wondered that for uh, you know for a little bit. We have even when Gaskin was back in, then Ahmed was out, so you never got to see the split. It certainly seems like the way Ahmed's running, you you can't take him out of the game plan entirely when when he's available to play. Um, I think it's helping them a lot to have a running game. I would expect they're going to split. You know, at this point in time, for fantasy purposes, we may never actually have to answer that question because you're right. It doesn't look like Gaskin's going to be back this week. And even if he is, uh, how confident you are or if you made it in to the playoffs. I think it's going to be interesting to see going forward because they seem to have really found something with Gaskin and Ahmed, who are younger guys who are not that expensive. Does that kind of take them off the board? There was a lot of consensus thinking that they were going to go for a running back in the 2021 draft. That may not actually be something they have to do. I actually think they need a receiver. Yeah, well, and that's the great thing about having two picks in the first round and the second round is you can uh, you can help yourself out there a lot, especially with as deep as this wide receiver draft is. I would not be surprised either if they don't go running back. I mean, granted, I don't think they take a running back in the first round. So you get a running back in the second round, you still get them on a pretty cheap contract. They're signed up for four years because of the rookie deals. But Gaskin and Ahmed are both very cheap as well. Maybe they just decide to run with those two guys and, and, and keep drafting to improve that defense and that offense. It would not surprise me one bit. Uh, Bears beat the Vikings. You know what? just realized James Conner being out might have helped me come back to win one of my leagues because the guy doesn't have any replacements. That's even better. Uh, the Bears beat the Vikings here, 33 <laughs> David Montgomery, 29. Allen Robinson, 12. I just want to say right now, I apologize. Uh, can't remember who it was, but someone asked me a question on Twitter. Should they start David Montgomery or Cam Akers? And I said, go Akers. And obviously, I didn't know Akers was going right. to be hurt, but I didn't I also think. I didn't realize that the Rams were going to shit the bed against the Jets. I did not think Montgomery was going to continue his, like, ridiculous streak here um which also kind of makes me feel bad because i traded him about four weeks ago i got a first round pick and brandon Ayuk for him which makes me feel good but at the same time if montgomery keeps doing this my goodness they they found themselves a nice running back and what about mitch trubisky obviously the bears did not pick up his fifth year option at the beginning of the year and now all of a sudden he's going out there and looking like the mitch we saw a couple years ago what are the bears going to do with them in 2021 i think the bears have a lot of questions to answer this offseason starting with coach and GM uh you know we don't know if Allen Robinson will be back but then quarterback is a huge question and you know after he got benched in week three it seemed like Trubisky was over in Chicago but since he's come back he's looked really good the Bears have started winning again they are agitating and pressing for the playoffs they're the team outside of the seven that are in right now that have the best chance to get in and I think that really means, you know, middle of October, it probably seemed like Trubisky was done with the Bears. And now here we sit, middle of December, it feels like there's a chance. I'm not saying they will, but, you know, we've seen enough to, to wonder if it's not all his fault. Yeah, Play calling seems like it's changed. Philosophy seems like it's changed. Guys who, you know, David Montgomery looks DOA for half a season too. And when he's come back and they've been running the ball and they've had an easier 
schedule maybe, but the Bears look like they made some improvements. Um, so I, I think, it again, coach GM are probably the questions that get answered first. Yeah. Then you're going to have to take a long, hard look. I wonder if they do regret a little bit not picking up that option and giving themselves – an easier path because I, I still he probably won't command that much money, and then you have to figure out what you're doing with Foles, who I think still is under contract for a couple of years, at big money. Well, I think he when he renegotiated though, it gave them a chance to get out of it. I, I could be wrong, I don't know, but I know they renegotiated when he came over to Chicago. Yeah, I mean it's going to be interesting. I would imagine you know on all these quarterbacks, I hate to say it this way, but I almost feel like you always should pick up the fifth year option regardless, because it's so cheap and you get to get that one more year. It's going to be interesting because not only Mitch, like you said, you, they probably have Nick Foles under contract. A Rob is going to be a free agent. They've got other holes they need to fill. I honestly kind of hope they make the playoffs just because I think it's going to throw an even bigger wrench into what the bears try and do, because can they really let Mitch go now after he came back in and took him to a playoff berth? be very very interesting team in the north that's not making the playoffs the minnesota vikings cousins 19 points cook 26 jefferson 18 adam thielen nine uh vikings technically still have a shot but with that loss they are pretty much out of it one more loss and they are done for good what are your thoughts on them and what they do moving forward yeah i mean that's another one they're gonna have to take a hard look i think at what they want to do with cousins I was moderately surprised that they extended him in the off season, um, you know, just because his, you know, his run hadn't totally looked like it worked out. They found a good receiver in Jefferson. They made that connect, commitment to Cook. They still have Thielen. They have Irv Smith. I think they have the core of a decent offense. Their problems arguably are more defensive, which is interesting, but you know, the two off-season extensions that you and I probably questioned the most were Cousins and Mike Zimmer. And yeah. at, the, at best, Minnesota finishes 8-8, eight and eight, but I would bet they finish under 500. What do you do? It, what they have is not working. Yeah, I don't, I don't know what you can do. I mean, I guess you could fire Mike Zimmer. A lot of NFL teams fire their head coaches and continue paying them, but Kirk is going to hit your cab. Again, I don't think Kirk is bad. We've, he's, continue, he's actually sitting as a top 12 quarterback in fantasy right now like he's having a decent year he's just not great he's he's a middle of the road qb and so the problem with that is i think the reason everybody hates on kirk is because he's getting paid like an elite qb that's the difference where if he was getting paid more like a middle of the road qb i think people wouldn't be so hard on him so we're gonna go through these next two games and then we're gonna cut out of here we'll save the afternoon games and uh sunday night monday night for tomorrow guys just to give everybody a heads up so seattle beats washington 22 15 12 points hide 14 Lockett seven metcalf nine tough day for the seahawks and fantasy but the team actually takes a step forward in the playoffs are you trusting all of these guys in your championship game on uh, or next week they're playing the rams um yeah, so that's going to be a game. Now. Yeah. yeah. And, it, you know, the NFC West title basically hangs in the balance. You would like, you know, I think Ramsey's probably going to be on Metcalf, and we've seen that be a tough. So I probably feel a little bit better, I guess, about Lockett mm -hmm. than Metcalf. But it's been hard to trust any of them. I, you know, I'm going to fall out of a couple semifinals because I played Russell Wilson instead of Herbert. Yeah. You know, and Russell Wilson – He's a great player, but it's you know it's not been happening rushing wise. Seattle is another one of those great teams where I don't have a lot of confidence. 
Yep, like we've talked about earlier, it seems like it's been the flip. Usually Russell Wilson starts off slow like he's been right now and then comes on really late and seems like earlier this year he was on fire, couldn't be stopped. And now uh, I was listening to Good Morning Football earlier today when I was watching the TV show, and I did not realize that in the past five weeks, Russell Wilson's thrown 10 interceptions. He's just not whatever reason has not been great uh, these past couple weeks for Washington Haskins, 14 points, JD McKissick, 25, Terry McLaurin, 14 and Logan Thomas, 23 Haskins looked good. I mean, again, he, he looked good. Matter of fact, they, what did they bench him uh, against Baltimore, which was a really good defense. And they go in and they bench him where he's actually playing good. Is Washington still the team in the NFC East for you? Are they work for me? But what are your thoughts on them? Yeah. I th- I think they probably still have the best shot. Uh, you know, the Giants really kind of did themselves a disservice uh, last night. Philadelphia seems like they kind of knocked out. So Washington's home for the Panthers, um, which actually, going back to Mike Davis, might be a reason to have a little pause about Mike Davis. Um, and then they're at the Eagles. Those should be two winnable games, and still, if they win, they're the only team that has a chance to get to eight wins. And if they get to eight wins, they got it sewn up. Um, but a lot's going to come down to those to those games. The Eagles are arguably a more dynamic team than when they played them earlier in the season. You know, with Jalen Hurts, so I don't think it's necessarily a lock. I was impressed with Dwayne Haskins. He had a tough start, but I thought that. You know, I was really worried about him coming in. I thought he played pretty well. He played on par with what they had been getting from Alex Smith. Uh, I think that's encouraging both for him and for the team. And I still think they probably have the best chance. I hope so. And and I hate to put it this way because earlier I was hoping for Washington to make the playoffs because I wanted to see Alex Smith make a run. Now I'm hoping Alex Smith stays out and Haskin takes him to the playoffs and sticks it to Ron Rivera because I've said before, I'll say it again, I don't think they've ever given Haskins a true shot to just be the quarterback of this team. They And it wasn't just Rivera's fault either. Rivera wasn't there last year. Just the con- constant yanking of this kid back and forth. We all said it when he came out. He needed time to develop, and they haven't given him that shot. I'd love to see him get the rest of the run this year, and if he takes him into the playoffs, what he does, especially if it goes up against Tampa Bay, because I could honestly see him upsetting Tampa Bay, and that he takes you to the playoffs and wins you a playoff game. Oh, it'd be so sweet to see for Dwayne Haskins. Last game for us today, the Ravens beat the Jags 42-14. Lamar Jackson, 29 points. Dobbins, 15 uh, Hollywood Brown, 15, Dez Bryant, 8, and Mark Andrews, 17. Dez gets a touchdown in uh, his first touchdown this year, first since his return back to football. What did you think about seeing him throw up the X there in the end zone? You know, I think it was pretty neat seeing him uh, seeing him come back. It's It feels like few players have gone from being like a you know hallmark Pro Bowl player on their team to completely out of football as quickly as Dez Bryant did when he – fell out with the Cowboys, and I know how disappointed he was a couple of weeks ago kind of indicating he was going to retire on Twitter. So it was nice to see him get back out there and get in. And, you know, for the Ravens, they seem like they're developing their weapons and an array of options at uh, exactly the right time for them to make a playoff run, which is kind of scary. 
Yeah, I mean, I know I said it last week um, when he posted all that stuff. He's a little bit of a diva uh, when it comes to that stuff. I understand why he was upset, but it is cool to see him back out there. I was dead wrong on him, too. Uh, I, I don't know if we talked about it on here. I know I talked about it on Twitter when he signed with the Ravens. I said I wouldn't be surprised if he does anything. He's actually been pretty good for them since he's come back. So it'll be interesting to see what happens in the offseason because he did sign with them last year or signed with the Saints last year before he uh, got injured in training camp. So it, it'll be interesting to see if Des can come back next year. I, I hope the best for him. He, I'm with you. It kind of sucks to see him at least fall off the way that he did and then not really get a shot until what, late last year, too. I think it was like week 14 or 15 with the Saints. I don't know if it was last year. I think it was the year before, and he ruptured his Achilles. Yeah. This is, he's three years removed from his Dallas days. Yeah, so it is definitely good to see him out there producing. Same with Hollywood Brown and Mark Andrews. It seems like the Ravens are really starting to get hot at the right time. Uh, for Jacksonville, James Robinson, 14 points, and DJ Chark, 9. Uh, thanks to the Jags' loss and the Jets' win, they now take over the number one spot for the coveted Trevor Lawrence pick. Uh, do you think it holds? Gosh, they I, they better hope it holds. I, mean, I think it's what they've been. Uh, so their last two games are uh, against the Bears and at the Colts. They should lose both teams that need to win too. And, you know, if Mike Marone knows what's good for him, he will not try to have them win. I I think they will hold on. Um, You know, part of me wonders if the Jets saw that about Trevor Lawrence saying he was going to, you know, potentially opt out if, if they have the number one pick and have been trying to win to like get themselves off the hook. For that the Jaguars have no no such compunction. I think they are trying to be the number one pick. I think it was all Adam Gase, if I'm being honest. I th- did you see the smile on Adam Gase's face when he was walking off the field? It was like my final F you to the Jets organization. You know, he can't he can't do he can't even tank right. I, I I'm with you though. I do think the Jags hold on to it. I don't see how they win either one of these games. Um and it I mean I've been talking about it all season. It'd be great to see DJ Chark paired with Justin Fields. Well, guess what? It'd be just as great to see him paired with Trevor Lawrence. So I hate it for Justin Fields unless the Jets do something stupid Jets-like and they end up trading that pick out and then taking someone later, which I would love because I love Justin Fields and I don't want him to go to the Jets. Uh, You know what? I wouldn't mind that either. As long as Justin Fields doesn't go to the Jets, I'll be happy. Uh, so speaking of the Jets, that is who will kick off with tomorrow. Uh, me and Matt have got some stuff to do, so we're going to call it here today. Uh, obviously, if you've got anybody going in your matchups tonight, good luck. Hope you guys pull it off. Uh, enjoy the game tonight. Hoping Cincinnati comes to play and is able to do something here. Uh, and then me and Matt will be back tomorrow to break down the afternoon game, Sunday night and Monday night football game. Prepare for glory! I don't know if you got your popcorn ready.